Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas and my guests today are both from Crow Wing County. We have Crow Wing County Administrator Tim Houle with us today. Tim, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me, Ken. And uh, uh, Erickson, the Administrative Services Director. Debbie, welcome back. Thank you, Ken. It's good to be here. Yeah. Um, and uh, there is a buzzword that we've been hearing a lot lately and that is redistricting. After the census, That's right. uh, things change and this is happening all across the country, but but Deb, we get to talk about it right here in Crow Wing County. Yeah, it's one of those things that we see every decade, once a decade after the census, like you said. Now, mm-hmm. once we have that count, what do we do with all that information that we've gathered? And the real main point of redistricting is to make sure that those people who are representing us in our government are representing equal numbers of constituents, equal mm-hmm. numbers of our citizens. So, for instance, in Crow Wing County, our newest census gave us a population of 66,123 residents. That's up from about 65,000 residents that we had in 2010. Mm. What that means is for our five commissioner districts, that average population that they should be representing is around 13,225. It's a lot of people for one person to represent within our district, but that's the number of folks that they should each be looking at having as their representation. Okay. And what the law states is you can deviate from that a little bit, but it has to be within 10% of what that average population would be. Okay. So that means that we can have anywhere from 11,900 and up to 14,000, a little over 14,500 for our commissioners to represent that population in each of their districts. If you're out of compliance with those numbers after that census is done, then we go through this process that's called redistricting. Interesting. So what we found was after we had done the census, our existing districts have a couple of areas where we do have to make some changes. We see that we're over that 10% threshold in Districts 2 and Districts 4. Those are the areas that are represented currently by Commissioner Bill Brecken and Commissioner Rosemary Franzine, respectively. Those areas are a little bit higher in population than what that 10% threshold will allow for us to be. The flip side of that is in District 5, Commissioner Hogue, Doug Hogue's district, that's a little bit under where that variation should be. So we have to make some changes in those three areas. Hmm. And what we'll be looking at is the county board will be having a public hearing uh, next Tuesday, April 12th, and they will consider any changes to that particular plan to bring those districts into compliance. Interesting. And if you think about it, Ken, the the reason there's a range of numbers that each of the commissioner districts can be is because you have to basically keep your precincts intact. Right. We're the last ones that do redistricting. First, the feds do redistricting at the federal level, and we heard about that a while back where Minnesota retained uh, all eight of its house seats. Yes. Uh, then the state of Minnesota goes about it. The legislature was not successful in doing its own redistricting plan, so the courts did it for them. Crow Wing County is intending to do it ourselves. Yeah. Um, but that range is because you move a whole precinct, and a whole precinct can be too little or too much. And so there's some flexibility built in to allow a range plus or minus 10%. Interesting. Now, 
There's also a little sense of urgency here, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Because of the midterm elections coming up. That's Mm -hmm. exactly right. And filings for those seats open on May 17th. So in order to make sure that all the county commissioner districts are reestablished and that everyone has an opportunity to know which district they now live in, to make sure if they do choose to run for office, that all has to be completed by the county board by April 26th. That's our deadline for getting everything done. As Mm -hmm. Tim mentioned, that when we have those deadlines, we have to complete all of that by April 26th. So the board will hold the first step of that is holding that public hearing on April 12th, and then they can choose to adopt that plan at that point in time so we can notify all the all the voters in Crowing County, actually, of where their new precincts will be. In most cases, are not going to see a change in most areas. There was nothing that changed as far as their county commissioner district. Every voter in Crowing County will have a new legislative district. When the House did the changes for, when the courts did the changes for the House seats and the Senate seats in the state, every district in our area changed. Yeah. So we went from being all part of Senate District 10 with having House seats 10A and 10B, to now we're part of two different Senate districts, Senate 6 and Senate 10, and three different House districts, 6A, 6B, and 10A. So folks will see quite a bit of difference when it comes to that. We'll be sending out notices to all the voters and all the citizens to make sure that they are aware of what those changes are. Yeah. And is there some place they can go right now to kind of take a look at some of these if they're interested in seeing the changes to our uh, state representation? Yes, actually, there is some really good redistricting resources and maps that have been made available. There's links to that on the Secretary of State's website, as well as on our Crowing County website. They can find information on the county commissioner district plan. Once the county board has adopted this plan, we're also going to be posting and publishing those new maps and all that information in the new districts in all of our local papers as well. Yeah. I would suspect there's not a lot of drastic changes happening with the county commissioner districts. No, not really. I mean, if you think about the 65,000 to 66,000, we, you know, we grew about 1,000 in population. So we're not seeing significant shifts here. These are relatively minor modifications we will need to make, but we do need to make them. And as a result of making them, um, we do expect three commissioners are going to be running for election this fall. Um, if the board adopts these, uh, this recommendation, we expect three commissioners will be running this fall. Okay. Very interesting. Um, and is it uh, common or has it happened before where someone actually uh, disagrees with the redistricting at a county level? I, you know, I, I hmm, I've never seen that. Yeah, um, I but was yes, say, it, it certainly could happen because we are required to hold the public hearing, and so that means public input, and public input means someone might have a different opinion than you do. The challenge here is this is a big math problem. Mm-hmm. And I was so, just going to say this seems this like is math. math. This, yeah. is, this yeah. is a so, lot of math. I've been doing a lot of <laughs> a lot of math calculations. As Tim mentioned, you have to move full precincts. Mm-hmm. So we're not just talking about taking a number here and there. You're working with set data that you have to make fit a big puzzle. Right. Uh, and so, you know, you move one precinct and it's too much. You move a different precinct and it's too little. And so um, it is a tricky math problem. And so while, I think that's probably why I have haven't seen a lot of folks come forward in the past yeah. is because trying to figure it out, there really is not that many different ways that you can construct it to get relatively even, even districts. Um, and so because you've got a base to start with, we 
generally don't need to make many changes when the population changes a thousand. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the April twelfth meeting is open to the public for yes, those that are concerned, but uh, mm-hmm. otherwise, uh, these new things will go into effect for the midterm election. Yes, they will. Very good. Mm-hmm. All right. What else is uh, going on here as we head for spring? Well, I, we, I think we're heading for spring anyway. <laughs> we're, we're, we're headed for one of our uh, seasons of the year, road construction season. Yeah. Uh, so 2022, we're going to have about $16 million in road improvements across Crow Wing County wow. scheduled in 2022. That's a significant sum. And 38 miles of county road will get resurfaced. 31 and a half of those uh, are going to be resurfaced with our local option sales tax. And your listeners will recall, this has been a very, um, I think, good funding source for our transportation network because we know that we have lots of folks who come here from outside of Crow Wing County and use our transportation network. What we know about our local option sales tax is that about 50% of it is paid by people who don't live here. And so that local option sales tax funding 31.5 miles of our 38 miles of resurfacing, you can see, it's a pretty good deal for the residents of Crow Wing County. Yeah. 3.6 miles uh, resurfacing in the in the first assessment district. That's just north of the Brainerd-Baxter area on 371. 42 miles of seal coating, 3 million linear feet of pavement markings, Oof. two bridge replacements, some right-of-way acquisition up on County Road 115, and we're going to put a roundabout in. So we have a couple of areas where we expect some particular traffic impacts. We're going to be replacing a bridge on County Road 45 approximately eight miles south of the fairground. So if you live in that area, you should expect that uh, work coming soon. And on County Road 49, that's Wise Road, we're going to be, we'll be closed to through traffic for work at the County Road 5, County Road 49 intersection. That's going to be a disruptive one for lots of folks who use that as a shortcut that's on the, the north side. That's the shortcut for a lot of the locals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that one's going to be disruptive for folks this summer. Uh, we're going we're going to be putting in a roundabout at that intersection, and it is to calm some traffic at that intersection. Yeah, make that intersection a lot more safe. A lot more yes. safe. Yeah. And it has been the, the cause of accidents in the past, and so that's, a, uh, I think, a significant safety project that we're going to be doing this year. But it will be disruptive. Both closures are going to start in late April, uh, weather <laughs> dependent. Both projects are expected to last about two to three months. Uh, and we will have some signed detour routes up. If you have any questions about that, you can give the highway department a call at 824-11110 or check out our website, crowwing.us. And as always, uh, drive carefully in those construction zones. Yeah, give them a break. Uh, slow down. Um, you know, we want them all returning to their families at night, just like we all want yeah. to. Uh, one of the neat programs that has come along here in my lifetime has been the uh, the help for local organizations cleaning up along the highway. Yeah. And do I understand there's some uh, sections that are now open again? Yeah. That- we have a pick-a-mile program. This is our second year of doing this. And I'm old enough to remember, Ken, when you know the spring thaw occurred and you'd see in the ditches. We yeah. used to be a lot worse at this, throwing trash into our ditches. Holy mackerel. Um, but we have the state adopt a highway program, and the county has a pick-a-mile program. It certainly helps to keep trash out of our ditches, and it helps with that sort of look of our visitors who are coming here. And in yes. particular, that is such an important thing for Crow Wing County. And so, you know, cleaning our house for company. 
that's what I would consider this to be. Uh, <laughs> let's clean our house for company because we know they're coming. Yes. Um, we have a chance for residents to pick up a mile of county roads to assist in that roadside cleanup. It's an easy-to-use app that allows residents to reserve an available stretch of road to clean up a, for a, as a family, a business, or a group. Those taking part are encouraged to pick up the litter on both sides of the road at least two times a year for at least two years. Many of them are coordinated in April and October, so now's a great time to sign up and get started. You can go to our website, crowwing.us slash pickamile, or call the highway department at 218-824-1110. And I'll ask, because we see the signs on the highways, do the county roads then get a little sign that uh, tells us who's picking up? We have not done that. Okay. We have done um, that recognition on our website. Wonderful. Um, so I think that's part of, you know, the reason why people do that is so that people know they're making a good contribution to the cleanliness of our area. So we do want to make sure that they get some recognition, but we do it a little bit differently than the state does. All right. Now, do I understand there's some work also happening with the county emergency addressing system? Every time a year, this time, um, when the snowplows are getting put away, we find out what the snowplows have done to some of our 911 addresses, <laughs> address signs. Oh, yes. You know, think about heavy, wet snow, and that address sign is on a relatively minor post, or if someone is pushing snow. Uh, into piles. Uh, so in the spring, after the thaw, what we find is the damage that was done to our 911 addressing signs in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, those signs are so important for your listeners because when you call 911, that's the sign they're going to be looking for to turn into your driveway. And so we're asking this time of year for folks to go out and take a look at their blue 911 addressing sign and make sure it's in decent shape. Uh, if it's not, let's straighten them up. If you need a new post, let us know. If the sign is missing, let us know. Um, but it is really important. There's 80,000 parcels in Crow Wing County, over 27,000 E911 address signs. Um, and they, they're not supposed to be altered, defaced, removed, or moved. So it's just that time of year. This is sort of like in the fall, you're going to check your batteries and your smoke detector. In the spring, you should check to make sure that your 911 sign is still going to be visible for an ambulance. And to uh, really put it into plain terms, when the and if and when you need an ambulance or some or a fire truck or something at your house, they're going to look for that sign. If it's not there, they might not be it, coming to the right place. It will delay them. Yes, certainly, it will delay them, and that's the last thing you want in probably the biggest emergency in your lifetime when you're calling nine one one. Yeah, that's one of the things that we'd ask folks even during the summer or during the winter to make sure that they're keeping that sign visible. You know, we had a lot of snow this year for the first time in several years. And oftentimes you hear about making sure you are keeping fire hydrants accessible by shoveling around those. Mm -hmm. Same thing with your emergency blue signs so that those emergency responders can find where that is. Snow, vegetation, shrubs. I know sometimes you want to make sure that people are keeping all of that area around there clear so that that sign is really visible. And at any time of the year, if uh, some sort of uh, roadside accident happens and someone takes out that sign, you need to get up as soon as possible, it sounds like. That is what it, you know, it's required under the county ordinance, and you ought to do it because it's the right thing to do for yourself. All right. Um, 
We should have some good news here this morning, and that would be for those of us that utilize the Crowing County landfill and want the <laughs> summer hours back. Has that happened yet? It is time, yes. <laughs> the summer hours for the landfill have actually started. Uh, starting in April, the landfill is now once again open on Saturdays. And for anyone who's doing that spring cleaning and has been storing up all the things that they needed to bring out during yes. those days, now's the time to make that happen again. So the landfill is now open from Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And for those who aren't familiar, the Crowing County Landfill is located on Highway 210. It's about three miles east of the Brainerd Airport. Very well signed. You should be able to find all you need to take care of all of that disposal needs that you have. There you go. At our award-winning county landfill. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, Last but not least, this is Severe Weather Awareness Week. And uh, for those that are listening here today, on Wednesday, the broadcast day of this show, should be aware that tomorrow on Thursday, the sirens will be going off to practice tornado drills. That's right. Tomorrow is the statewide weather awareness. Sirens will be going off across the state twice, actually. They're going to go off around 1.45 in the afternoon and then again at 6.45 in the evening. And this gives folks a really good opportunity to practice their own tornado safety plans, whether it be at their place of business, with their families, to make sure that all of the the plans and preparedness are in place for that. We encourage everyone to take part in that process during the day. And pay attention to your weather radios, too. The outdoor sirens are going to go off. Your weather radio should go off, too. And if it doesn't go off at those times, then you may not have it set correctly, either for your zip code or to alert you. Um, But it's it's that time of year to make sure that those things are working for you. And I'm curious, and I don't know if you have the answer, how many sirens are there in Crowing County? Do you Ooh, guys know? Boy, Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, I don't I got know. got a stumper. Good. I don't know. But I will say that it is changing over the course of time as we now all get alerts on our cell phones. Yes. Uh, so severe weather alerts coming on our cell phones. Outdoor sirens are still an important feature of, yes. our, outdoor, of our warning system for those who are outdoors. Uh, it is not designed to alert you if you are inside the house. Right. And so, you know, still pay attention to the radio, uh, get a weather radio, pay attention to the outdoor sirens. And then, of course, just pay attention to the skies yourself yeah, yes. uh, um, and and be aware. We know that weather can cause um, some severe problems. Yes, it um, So we just want people to be safe. Wonderful. Interesting fun fact, apparently the most severe weather often happens between 3 and 8 p.m. in the afternoon and evening. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. having that awareness of making sure that you keep track of, like Tim said, what's the sky looking like right mm-hmm. now? That's another way of kind of keeping an eye on it as well. Very good. All right. We covered a lot of territory. Uh, if folks want to find out more about redistricting or any of these things we've talked about, we can probably check out the website, the county mm-hmm. website. That's right. Very good. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks Thank for, you for having, having us. us. My guests today, Tim Houle, the Crowing County Administrator, and Debbie Erickson. She is the Administrative Services Director. I'm Ken Thomas, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Our Community Focus programs are available anytime. They're on our website. Go to 1067wjjy.com. You'll also find them on our free mobile app powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.